Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 56 of Beyond the Blade here on the Hockey Writers Podcast channel and the Grandstand Sports Network, the best view in sports. I am your co-host, Chad Didemenesis. I'm your other co-host, Bill Shockey. And Chad, we got one more episode. Well, we have this episode. And the next episode is about the home opener. <laughs> so yeah, we're, uh, we're if, getting if that there. doesn't get you fired up, <laughs> I don't know what does. Yeah, it's it's super, super... Super exciting. I mean, I, I don't know. I can't be any more excited for hockey than I am. I, I think I got even more excited. Like, I thought on the fourth, it was just Pittsburgh was playing, and then I realized there's actually four games in the fourth, so now I'm actually even more excited. Yep. So that's, I believe Toronto plays, right? I think so. I think so. I think there's a couple. Somebody plays out west and someone else, too. I forgot. But, we are uh, not. We are not far away, my friend. No, no, we are not. So we wanted to get this, uh, get this one in here because, you know, like Bill said, we're going to – Next week is going to be the big one. We're really going to get into the season here. So there's some things to talk about, but, you know, we just both said before this podcast, you know, we're not going to get too deep into the season because we want to save a lot of that for next week. And then, uh, you know, if you saw on Twitter, I'm a little under the weather here. I mean, to give you an idea, it's 85 degrees outside. I'm sitting in my basement in sweatpants and a bulky hoodie with my hood up. So that <laughs> gives an idea how I'm feeling right now. So if my yeah. voice goes in and out and you hear a cough drop blowing around my mouth, that that's where it is. But that's what we got to do to – Talk and grind through, Bill. I, hey, I did it through wisdom teeth. You're going through a cold. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Here, here we are. <laughs> <laughs> so before we get to the hockey stuff, something we both are pretty excited about, we um, just had our fantasy hockey draft over the mm-hmm. weekend on Saturday. So I don't know about you, but I'm, you know, I'm pretty excited about my team. You know, I, I guess I kind of plucked a few guys out from under you you're looking for, but um, that's the benefits mm. of picking one pick in front of you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, luckily for you, you were one pick ahead of me, but it also means that I was in the money last year and you were one pick <laughs> out. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, you know how these fantasy drafts go. Everybody loves their team when they come out of the draft. But uh, I will say the way that I had my board set up, uh, for those of you who don't know, we do rotisserie. We have uh, eight skater categories, three goalie categories, uh, nothing too crazy. But um, so I basically. Well, I take the last two years, you know, uh, multiply it out or divide it by the two years, multiply it out over if they played all 82 games. 
uh, across the categories that we have. And I think all of my starters are in the top 60 of my spreadsheet. So I'm pretty happy about that considering there's 11 teams. So you would think there should be about a hundred guys that go as starters, but yeah, uh, you mentioned it. I think the most fun part is uh, the kids sleepers at the end that we get to take. Um, I was hit by the guy I got and uh, Sabres fans might not like it the most, but I think he's going to have a really good year. I got McAvoy. I was really happy about that. Yeah, that was a good uh, pre- one. Pretty late. Then you stole the brinket out from underneath me. And Clayton uh, Keller. I panicked and went with <laughs> Keller around too late. So you got him right before I wanted him. Uh, we'll see. I mean, I got a, I got a guy like Besser and, and Sergachev. Uh, Sergachev was my last pick of the draft, which might end up being a pretty good one if he starts in Tampa this year. Um, but yeah, you never know with those kids. Either they – hit and you look like a genius or you dump right. them two weeks into the <laughs> to the season when they don't make the team or get sent back down after a couple of games. But uh, I mean, I love it. That's what you look forward to. Not, you know, not only trying to to build the best team you can this year, but to look out for the future because we, we are a dynasty league. So the one thing I did is I kind of went against my, um, I went against my model, I guess the first two years, you know, I, I, I always consider goalies, that's just who I am. If you know me that I don't think goalies are that important. Um, and I've kind of avoided picking goalies uh, early, especially in these drafts. And I walked out of last year's draft with Leonard and I don't know somebody else. It wasn't it wasn't it wasn't great. But at the end of the day, in the season, I ended up with Bobrovsky and Matt Murray. Matt Murray was on waivers. Someone dropped him because of the injury, and Bobrovsky, I got him through two trades. So I kept Bobrovsky, and then I went with Basileski early. So he was looking me in the face. I think I got him in round three. And, no, no, it's a pretty good goalie tandem, and I guess I'm pretty happy about it. And it's the first time in three years in this league, I guess I can walk out of this trap happy with my goaltenders and I have to worry about it. Yeah, I've I've seen that um, the last couple of years. I've done the same thing. I really haven't worried about goalies until really late. And I think it's kind of uh, the first year I was in fourth out of a 10. Second year I was third out of 11. Uh, I think kind of to get to that, you know, one-two spot, you need those two goalies. Uh, so I got Matt Murray in the first round. and. Um, I took Schneider late and Steve Mason. So obviously those two will be a question mark, but I'm not too worried about it. So outside of fantasy hockey, before we get into the Sabre stuff, there's one more thing I want to touch on. Uh, oh, I do want a real quick uh, oh, word, of, word of advice for if anybody, uh, a friend or otherwise is asking you about, you know, fantasy hockey drafts or who they should keep on their team from last year make sure they're not going to invite you into that league right after you tell them who they should keep. Cause uh, that kind of nipped me in the butt this year. Uh, my buddy asked me who he should keep. I told him he was going to keep Basileski over Stamkos. Uh, and then two days later asked me to join this pretty big league, big money league uh, where I would have the number two pick and I could have just gotten Stamkos <laughs> if I wouldn't have told him <laughs> the two days before. So <laughs> be careful out there. Well, the fast one on you. Oh yeah. That's uh, right. I'm, I'm about to trade for Stamkos off his team, so I'm going to win the trade. And in the day, it works out, right? Yeah, <laughs> I'll just fleece him another way, right? <laughs> so where I was going to go is uh, the NHL's excellent partner, NBC Sports. Mm. Uh, again, showed how much they have the pulse of the NHL fan base right in their grasp. Uh, Eddie Olchuk, you know, if you don't know, he is out thing with cancer, uh, which is you know, prayers up to him. I hope that gets better and he's back in the booth soon but as his replacement um 
<laughs> the choice was Mike Milbury to step in the box with Pierre Maguire and Doc Emmerich. And um, I don't know. I mean, I, I it, they they literally like they couldn't find anybody else. Like literally anybody. Like nobody else could take that spot. Like he's he's the guy where most fans think he shouldn't even be be on at all. And then you're gonna basically give him promotion. And, put him in your face more and, and the thing on top of it is he doesn't even have the experience to do that job. So it, it, that I think that's probably not going to go well for NBC sports. No, no, no. I mean, at this point they might as well take out Doc Emmerich and just have Ronick fumble through 60 minutes of hockey. <laughs> uh, I just, I don't know that like it. I mean, you, you hear it. Any, any smart hockey fan, we all say it every week when we're watching national games. Um, I just don't know how the people in charge don't see it themselves. Uh, but yet, because it's hockey, you know, we keep going right back and watching it. And I think that's not the problem, but it's why these guys can keep making terrible decisions because they know you're just going to watch the game anyways. Right. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't get that one. I, I even read something of that, like, NBC basically told the NHL that they're only going to – when they don't go to the Olympics, they're only going to have, like, 20 national – games or whatever and that yeah like so during the weeks. olympics during the olympics we're not going to air any nhl games basically any of their networks any of their, like their satellite networks like nbc nbc sports whatever so uh yeah there's there's that for you too so good on that so even yeah. when you don't go to the olympics and you're going to have you know your three weeks there's basically going to be no hockey on national sports anyways yep so that's uh that's good you know keep nhl you know stick with nbc you know this has been working out so well for you Hmm. Um, you know, it, it's also awesome when they show lines before the game and they have players that haven't played on the team in like three months that are still up there. Those are my favorite. I love those ones. Mm, yeah. What, what was that? Oh, there's a big one last year. Who was it? I think it was like Oposo. They said that he was, we paid too much or something. And then the stat on the screen was like six goals in the last six games or something. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, like they like they had overpaid for him. He hasn't produced that much of them. Yeah, he's had a cold streak. Yeah. <laughs> he's got twelve points in ten <laughs> games or something. Yeah, and then they had a Cody McCormick up there, like on like the third line or something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hasn't been hockey in two years, boy. but NBC Sports for you. Uh, Saber stuff. So we're gonna cover a few things. Uh, we're gonna cover rosterology. Kind of give you an update where we are with that. Uh, I want to talk about Gergensons again. Uh, the kids. Cabe and Erod injuries. Uh, maybe we'll kind of spit some line things, line stuff here, the way things are. Uh, where I want to start is our rosterology. Um, that's obviously going to change after tomorrow or tonight's game, depending on the to this. The Sabres play in Pittsburgh on Wednesday night against the Penguins. It's their second last preseason game. They have one more on Friday, and that'll wrap up the preseason. Uh, but right now, our last four in. Uh, which this probably even change how things are looking, but I'll just say how it is right now. Last four in, we have Tennyson, Delorier, Rodriguez, and Jacob Josephson. And our first four out, Baptiste, Bailey, Fadoon, and Griffith. But, as I said, the way these lines looked um, today, particularly in practice, I don't know, after the game tomorrow, maybe we'll be switching some of these guys around. Yeah, yeah, I think, I mean, Tennyson, I think, is – I don't want to say a lock, but almost a lock because of the McCabe injury, especially right. when it came out that he was week to week. Yeah. Um, I think a guy like Tennyson is not necessarily going to kill you that he's not in the AHL, but it's also if he like if he's going to sit, it's not going to really kill you either. I mean, he's 27. He's looked good. He's a big kid. He's got a big shot, but 
Uh, I think he's kind of the perfect guy for like this kind of situation. Right. The seven, eight um, kind of guy. Yeah. Right. Um, it's not like a, a guy like Gouli who uh, you want him down developing if they're not going to be playing. Right. Um, I mean, Delorier, it is what it is. He's, I don't need to see him every night, but he does give some, some energy to that fourth line. Uh, sometimes he'll drive you nuts. Other times he'd be like, I can skate better than I thought he could. So, I mean, <laughs> he's not the best hockey smart guy, but. Uh, Shows a purpose. Yeah, yeah, he fits his role, I guess you could say. Right. Yep. Uh, Rodriguez, obviously, I I thought he was pretty much a lock. He played really well the first two games. Uh, Housley was basically beaming about how Rodriguez has played. I will say though that this injury, um, I know we'll probably get to in a second, but I have more to kind of touch on with that. Uh, I think it could actually be more detrimental to Rodriguez than more people think, mm-hmm. um, at least in the very near future to semi long term, like meaning like a month or two. Yep. Um, and then Josephson, uh, I think, uh, <laughs> how can I put it? Uh, basically how exactly how you put it to Dan Rice when he asked how he was, uh, this guy, he shows up, he plays hockey. He's not going to impress you. Some night, most of the time, I feel like we're not even going to notice he's playing. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, sometimes just like with, uh, Falk last year, uh, sometimes it's not a bad thing. Uh, if you know, fourth line center exactly. guy, you really, you really don't notice him. Uh, that means he's also not hurting you. He's not putting up the points. But when you have guys like Eichel, O'Reilly, Kane, Raposo, sometimes you really don't need that in the fourth line, at least every day. Exactly. Now the other ones. I think they do get interesting. Uh, obviously, we had them before today. But uh, Bailey and Baptiste, I think one of them are going to make it. It uh, looks like it now. Yeah, just because finally, uh, again, it's getting a little ahead of ourselves, but you know, we're in the rosterology here. Bailey's getting the look that he should have been getting the whole time. Uh, but I will touch on that more later. Um, and Baptiste too, he's kind of, he's been silent like the whole camp and like even really in the prospects tournament. Right. Yeah. Uh, which has been a little weird, but I mean, don't come right yet. I, I would think at this point, he still probably starts down. Um, but he could be a guy like when we were talking about, you know, comparing with Pittsburgh of last year, uh, Baptiste could be kind of like your Gensel where maybe he starts, he plays down for half the year, and as soon as there's an injury, he comes up, and then he stays up because of how well he plays. So I think I kind of still peg him for that. I mean, the other two guys we have in, Fadun and Griffith, uh, they're here, I think, just because of injuries um, and because you need bodies. Uh, You don't want your guys playing these last two games or at least all of these last two games. Right. so, yeah, Fadun actually left practice today with an injury, so that's something to keep an eye on. Uh, there you go, too. So, yeah, I, I mean, again, Fadun is uh, he's he's definitely in that Tennyson spot. Uh, if there's like you know major injuries and you kind of might be playing, uh, might be sitting a guy, uh, he's not going to hurt you to be up or in the box a couple nights if you need him. Uh, Griffith, kind of the same thing. Not nothing too flashy, but he's he's been all, he's been all right. He's played well. Uh, I think he's kind of just here because the guys that you want down in Rochester camp or down there. Um, so Griffith keeping him around for the last two games isn't really going to hurt anything. Right. So the one guy I want to touch on before we get into the guys who are still here, because um, you know, we're both a big, I guess you could say, fan of his, and that, that's Gooley. You know, he, I guess part of one of the first cuts is maybe a little bit surprising, but, I mean, if we look back at it, he, you know, recently, you know, in order to make this team, he had to basically beat, maybe the best defenseman on the roster uh, right. all throughout training camp. And, he, you know, he, he played well, but 
he wasn't the best. You know, he I think he played well the Risto in the first preseason game, but let's not kid ourselves. He really didn't look that great against Toronto. I don't, I don't know. He got I don't know what it was with his sticks and his passing. He just kept like like I don't know, see that he was overpassing or he just somehow just flutter off the stick, which is the craziest thing. It seemed like happened every pass, but results in turnovers. I think he was maybe a little bit panicky kind of for the first time. So, um, yeah, I mean, you know, he, he was all right, but not to the level he needed to be. And I find himself in Rochester, but I don't think that's a bad thing either. I think he's like a guy, he talks about like a Gensel type thing, but maybe like the defensive version where yeah, maybe some guys in the blue line don't play as well, or you have some injuries and, he gets his shot up there, and you know, I've always said it, I think once he gets his shot, you know, mid-season, maybe around December, January, that he's not going to go back down. So, so it is yeah. what it is. It's a little disappointing, but you know, it is what it is. No, yeah, and I mean, it happened like Sunday morning. So, I mean, surprise, surprise. Uh, <laughs> something I said kind of got twisted on Twitter, but yeah, um, yeah, you know, thirty minutes before a Bills game, I put that it was surprising that those guys went down, and, and you know, a couple people responded, but. Uh, basically, just to clear this up real quick, what I meant was surprising that I thought, you know, if you're going to have guys still around, um, I don't know how important it was that really that Gooley and Fashion needed to be there for the first day of camp, especially when you yeah. only have two preseason games left. Um, and it's obviously not that important, especially if, like, say, Bailey or Baptiste, one of the two don't make it. Say Baptiste doesn't make it and he does get sent down. I mean, he's still around, so – uh obviously yes we had Gooley pegged for the ahl since all the trades were made because yeah. just you're, when you overturn the defense as much as you did you need to have know we've talked about all the time what the other three are going to do um especially you know guys like Bullyu, who you gave him a third antipin who came in from the khl you're not you i don't you can't for antipin but um you're not sending those guys down you're not sitting them you need to know what you have so um, it wasn't necessarily a surprise at the time that he went got sent down. Um, but I, I'll put it this way. I think if Gooley, if this is last year's defense and Housley's the coach and Gooley's there, I think he makes the roster. I, 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 wouldn't, say, I wouldn't say that he wasn't good enough uh, to be in the NHL this year. I just don't think he was, like you said, he wasn't the best defenseman that, that forced their hand um, to be on the roster. So send, like, sending him down is not going to do anything bad for him i mean he's gonna play all minutes he's gonna play the most minutes uh he's gonna be the leader of that defense down there so i'm, I'm probably a pretty good uh ahl team um right. i guess surprising was what i really meant was the fashion one i thought he had a real chance to make the bottom six he scored uh, the night before too right that was a beautiful tip yeah um and i i, I think he fits the role uh I, I thought he could you know he could fit that bottom four better than like a molson or a a Josephson, I, I know he's the center, but um, if, if he plays a wing because you have Larson at center because you have Reinhardt at third center, I think I'd rather have Fashing than Josephson. Um, so that, I think that was the more surprising one is I, I thought that he would stick around for the whole time just to see, you know, uh, if he could make that, that bottom four. Uh, the Erod injury as well kind of made that interesting. Um, but, yeah, so that's just to clear that up. That's kind of what I meant by that, but – um, all in all, I, like I said, I, I think it's going to, I wonder, I wonder how much, uh, the Bottrell going back to the, the AHL team is going to be good. And we're not necessarily yeah. going to, you know, pull these kids up just because, uh, and then when he went and signed guys like Josephson and, you know, bringing the Pominville contract, not that obviously he's in the bottom six, he's going to be a top six guy, but, 
uh, going and getting guys like that were basically to ensure that guys like fashion didn't necessarily have to be in the, the AHL to start the season this year or the NHL start the season this year. So the two guys that are still here, let's circle mm-hmm. back to those guys, Baptiste and Bailey. So we kind of touched on a little bit to be in the beginning. We'll kind of dive deeper in here. We'll start with uh, Bailey. Uh, with the practice lines today, it looks like he's finally going to get an opportunity at least. You know, he's not going to be with Nick DeLore or, you know, Chris Kulo. He's it, if, if it continues that way t- tonight or tomorrow, whatever, in Pittsburgh, uh, he's going to be skating with Pouliot and Reinhardt on the third line basically. And, you know, that, that's a real opportunity for him. I think he needs to – I think he really needs to grasp the opportunity because if he doesn't play well uh, tomorrow or Wednesday night, whatever, and then on Friday maybe Baptiste gets that opportunity and he plays better, then Bailey can find himself in Rochester and Baptiste is the one here. But I think Bailey really has to – I'll say he wasn't given the opportunity to really flash, but – now mm-hmm. that he has the opportunity, we can't make that excuse anymore saying Bailey never got a shot. Well, you're getting your shot. Right. It is. Like, you, you got to go. You, you, gotta, you don't got to score a goal maybe, but you got to make me notice you. You got to stand out. You got to do something. You got to be aggressive on the forecheck. You got to, I don't know, use your speed. You got to have a couple scoring chances if you don't produce points. You have to do something to catch somebody's attention. That's something he struggled with the last few years in training camp because he hasn't done that thing or had that game that catches your attention. Mm-hmm. And I, I think he's got to have that against Pittsburgh. No, yeah, I totally agree. I mean, I wonder if uh, at least the start camp, they kind of knew what they had in Bailey, you know, with the size and the speed. Uh, so that's kind of why he was down. But, I mean, still, it, it really doesn't make sense to me. Uh, even if you know what you have in him, wouldn't you want him playing with the guys that potentially he's going to play with if he's going to make the roster? Right. Uh, playing with guys like Delorier and it's just, I don't know. I, I, you really, I know it's preseason. It really doesn't matter. So, I mean, if he starts the, the season on the third line, uh, it's going to be a whole new ball game for him um but yeah I really do I agree with you that I think you know tomorrow night is it's a big game for him uh he's got to show up he's got to show that not he can use that speed but he can use that size and be physical and and use his body against the boards to win puck battles and you got a guy like Reinhardt who has gotten a lot better and he's really good in front of the net but he's not necessarily still the best in the corners. so you need a guy like Bailey who's going to be able to do that for him uh, think about Reiner too with Bailey's. You just you just got to get open, and Reiner's going to find you. you know, that's that's the benefit. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Get your big body in in front and position, get your stick on the ice, and Reinhardt's going to find it. And Pulitz, he's surprisingly fast. I remember uh, him in Edmonton. I'm pretty sure he scored a couple shorthanded goals. Yeah, um, I, I, t- I said that in the pre the first preseason game I was there for Carolina, and that was the first thing I thought. I saw him skate. I'm like, one, I'm like he's bigger than I thought, and two, he's actually pretty quick. So yeah, like, yeah, I, re- I remember. Um, watching him in Edmonton uh, on the power, uh, on the penalty kill, and I expect the same thing here, which actually makes me excited. Um, if if he gets a look, he's going to go, and he can, he can turn you know block shots or, or bad passes on the between the D uh, into breakaways. Um, so yeah, I I, I love Pouliot on the third line. I think he could have a better year than maybe some people expect out of him because you know it's not really a name that you heard of before he got traded here or he got picked up here. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it's a big opportunity for Bailey. I also think it's kind of – the Sabres kind of need it, I think. Um, if you end up having, you know, somebody besides Bailey, one of the older guys that are around on the third line, I don't know how strong that third line is as opposed to a Bailey who might struggle, uh, you know, a couple games here, a couple games there. But the games that he's on, that could be a, a dominant third line against other third lines in the NHL. 
Yeah, it, it's deep. It, it, it deepens out your roster. I mean, looking at it today, the way it was lined up, those top four lines, it's, it's a pretty deep roster. And, you know, maybe we'll jump to Baptiste here now. Is Baptiste in that fourth line, I guess you could say, with mm-hmm. Molson and Larson? I mean, that's some pretty nice speed on your fourth line. I mean, old Matt Molson is not the fastest guy in the world, but Larson and Baptiste can skate. And say you will, if Molson can plan himself in front of that and have a puck hit him in the leg or something and go in, <laughs> whatever, I'll take it. But, you know, that that infusion of speed on your fourth line instead of Nick Delorier and some skill and a guy who could score, that that's the model of the Pittsburgh, you know, the Pittsburgh model basically that Bottle is bringing. It's guys on all four lines where you can basically roll all four lines. You don't have to worry about, well, I don't know, my fourth line has Nick Delorier on and Matt Molson. I got to give them five minutes. I got to give the rest of the team, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. The top three lines. You can basically kind of roll those lines and not worry about costing your team one and two. All four lines can produce offensively. Sure. Maybe the fourth line can't produce because the third line or the second line or whatever, you know, but still there, there's, there's potential to score. Well, last year your fourth line was out there when it was Delorier and Jurgensen's and Molson, you're just like, oh, oh God, just get these guys off the ice. Just don't go yeah. the ball and get off the ice because they're not scoring. No. But when you have Larson and Baptiste on there, and say you know about Molson, I mean, he's still an okay, not net front guy. Uh, he's not what he was, but I don't know if, if he gets me 10 to 11 like last year, I'm not going to be angry. I'll, I'll take it. But, um, you know, I, I think if you put Baptiste in that spot, that makes it really interesting. Now, at the end of the day, are they going to do that? I don't know. I think it depends how good Baptiste plays tomorrow and plays Thursday or Friday. Um, same thing goes for Bailey. If both those guys play well and they can't send them down, then okay, fine. Then maybe Delorier and uh, Josephson are your extra guys. And there's nothing wrong with that. You have two extra forwards and you know, it is what it is. And kind of let Bailey and Baptiste go and something one of them looks over match and they have to go back down or an injury or whatever. So I think it's also a good thing though, having, guys like DeLorean and Josephson as extras because then you have those guys that it, it keeps them honest. So Bailey Baptiste, obviously you don't want to like Biles, but you have one bad game and you're, you know, you're playing all of a sudden five minutes a night. Right. Um, but it keeps you honest. If you have a bad week, you can slide Josephson in for a couple games and, and be like, all right, you know, we need to see more out of you. Otherwise we're going to send you back down. Um, and Josephson's the kind of guy where if he gets in, he might not come back out because he's just going to – he's not going to be flashy, right. but he's not going to hurt you. Yeah, he's not going to hurt you at all. So, yeah, no, yeah, I totally agree. I, I think it's more – it could be good all around to have, you know, guys like that sticking around that, you know, like you said, they can fill those spots and not necessarily hurt you. So it's not going to be that hard to kind of pull a guy if he's having a bad week um, to just, you know, get let him clear his head. It's going to happen with the kids especially if they're playing a full season. Um, but yeah, I, I really think that uh, the opportunity has come because of injuries. Yeah, and you know, let's jump to now. Let's start Rodriguez. You know, we, yeah. it, it's tough. I mean, that, that, that kid has been playing really well. And even Owsley was – sounded static about the way he was playing and even excited about it. And, yep. you know, it's an unfortunate hand injury. And, you know, according to John Vogel today, he had a cast on his wrist, which – isn't a good sign. Uh, so that's, it's unfortunate. So, you know, it, it like you said, it, it's tough for Rodriguez, especially if it's going to be an injury, it's going to be a about a couple of weeks. Honestly, that probably hurts a chance of making this team. And it wouldn't surprise me when he's healthy, if, especially if things are going well here, uh, that he would be sent down to Rochester. And that's kind of unfortunate, but maybe they give him about a month maybe to get his feet back under him and he can get back up here again. But 
you know, it, it stinks because if, if Bailey gets that spot now and he plays well and if Baptiste sneaks in there and he plays all right, then it's kind of hard to find that spot for Rodriguez to sneak back in there. Yeah, yeah, and that was kind of going to be my point is just that, you know, and the injury is just – it's the worst timing for him because he's, he's playing obviously the best out of those guys that could come up and play this year. Um, he, the speed, the skill, it was all on display these last couple games. And that injury, I really think, if, like you said, if, it, if it's weeks, uh, I would almost bet that when he's healthy, he gets sent down uh, just to get things under control. But like you said, getting sent down just as like a rehab stint, if, if everything's going well up here, I don't, I don't see any reason unless there's other injuries um, that he kind of sticks around after this. So it just, it's, the, it's basically the worst timing. Um, but also, it'll be good to see how he kind of bounces back if that does happen. Uh, if he gets down, kind of gets depressed, um, you know, doesn't do as well in the AHL, which I don't think would happen with him, but no, uh, it, it's possible. Um, so, yeah, I, it's going to be a good – I think it'll be a good learning experience for him. I don't, I don't know if he's had any kind of, you know, injury like this at a time this bad uh, in his, you know, youth youth career uh, or with his, in college. So, uh, it sucks. It sucks. But, again <laughs> – Bailey's kind of had everything fall his way to to make the roster here, and right, right. if he doesn't at this point, eat. I don't know. Exactly, it really is on a platter for him. I mean, right. He first started it started with the Nylander injury, and then you know, and then he got he played well in the prospect challenge, and then you know, there's a couple of guys who maybe didn't, hasn't played that well on the wing, so it's giving him more opportunity. And then Rodriguez was like, he still had a chance. Then Rodriguez gets hurt, and here we go again. Like here's another chance for you. Like you know, it's. That's why I said I think of all the players in this roster, Bailey, tomorrow night is the most important for Justin Bailey than anybody on that roster. He he needs to have – he needs to be the player of that game. And, you know, maybe not literally, but I think that game means out. the most to him. Exactly. Yeah. He has to do something. He has to flash. He has to just get our, get your attention, get someone's attention. And like you, you said, know, it, it, with the line that he's on, it could be something as simple as – you know, using that speed to split the D and having Reinhardt just put it on your stick. Right. I don't, I don't even need to score a goal. I just need him to have opportunities to make me mm-hmm. notice that you're on, you're on the ice, that you're playing too. Like, I don't, I don't need to see it in the third period and go, oh, yeah, hey, there's Justin Bailey. I forgot he was playing tonight. Like, I, I don't need that right. game, you know? Other, yeah, because if that's the game that he's going to have, then Josephson might as well be the one playing it. Exactly. And the other injury, uh, which is interesting, is Jake McCabe, who's week-to-week with an upper body injury. He suffered his injury on Friday as well, just like Rodriguez. Uh, I guess what that does is that, unfortunately, it's like uh-huh. that might put Josh Georges in the opening night lineup. Uh, unfortunately, again, maybe with Antipin. Uh, but today they kind of mix things around, and I think Georges was with Tennyson and Fadoon was with Antipin. So I texted you and I said, well, I don't know if this is good or bad. Like, So which one's the NHL lineup here? Is it Georges and in Tennyson, or is it Fadoon and Antipin? So and then with Fadoon going down today, maybe again that gives if that, if that was NHL lineup, you know the Fadoon and Antipin, then maybe that again bumps George's back up there again. If Fadoon is hurt, so yeah, it is what I, it is. I gotta imagine that it's just gonna be Antipin and George's with Tennyson being the extra. Um, yeah, I mean at this point it's kind of what it has to be. Uh, it's unfortunate for McKay because I think. Uh, he again, he could add a good start to the season. Um, you know, being put back in a role where he's not necessarily he, I mean, he played well, he played well in the top pair last year, uh, when he was mm-hmm. with Risto Leiden. But uh, I think he also played well when he was with Bogosian in the second line before that. So, 
uh, I was looking for him to kind of <laughs> finish his chances, I guess I would say, this year. Because uh, he had a lot of chances last year. <clears throat> kind of like Bogosian, where right right spot at the right time, puck finds your stick at the back door, and you just, like, hit a pad or hit a post or hit the goalie right. in the chest. Um, I mean, so We got a go glimpse ahead. of it in that preseason opener. He walked on the wing, and then, bam, hammered one over the shoulder of the Carolina yeah. goaltender for a goal, shorthanded. It was a nice shot. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would definitely put it this way. I don't, I don't know how well the, the D is going to play this year. Um, I think, like we were saying earlier, the way that he wants him more up in the play, I think we're going to get a lot more goals and we're going to get a lot more points than we did last year, which obviously isn't that hard. But uh, I think you're still going to see, you know, your odd man rush going the other way a couple times, which, I mean, Leonard's looked pretty good early on. He has. Leonard has played pretty well. So, say we will. It's only preseason. I remember the – his first preseason year, he was pretty bad in the preseason, and people were saying he should be released already. But uh, <laughs> I don't know. I, I guess that's a thing that – I don't know if I'm ready to get on a Leonard debate yet, but I'm sure by the second game of the season, Save if they it. lose the first one say. or something, then – We're going to be forced into it anyway, so don't yeah. don't bring it up willingly. Just like last year, I think we talked about it every podcast for like the first two months. So <laughs> I'm sure that will be the same situation this year. Uh, but yeah. while we're on the D – uh, there's, there's before I kind of a couple players I want to touch on here, but while we're on D, I'll stick there. Uh, there's been a couple guys who have stood out to me, and the first guy I want to touch on is Nathan Bolu. I thought he's looked really, really good. Um, he's it looks like he's on a play with Bogosian, which is kind of maybe we thought he would do. Uh, to he's paired with right now, but you know, I mean, it, it, you got to remember the kid's only 23 years old, which is really young. He yeah, can skate. Something, you have something here that surprised me. I forgot. Okay, so I'll run down my things here, and you can jump in. <laughs> yeah, nice. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, he's only 23 years old. He can skate. He's a good puck mover. He's not going to hurt you defensively. He's looks like he's going to get power play time too, which is very interesting. Montreal last year, he had 28 points. That's not a slouch. And then one thing too that I think kind of gets lost in this and could explain why you had a tough season last year is I remember something in my head that Nick said to us last year in our opening – um, like our mm. opening interview with the Canadians last year. So we asked him the question is, is who is going to replace Subban? And he said, well, it looks like right now that guy is going to be Nathan Beaulieu. <laughs> and playing in Montreal, you just lost one of your best defenders. You bring in Shea Weber. Not only is it hard to play in Montreal, but now you have the pressure of replacing P.K. Subban, one of the best offensive defensemen in the game. It's a lot of pressure put on the kid. And he, he wasn't terrible last year. And again, he had 20 points, which – I think would have led the team besides Bristolainen. That would have been the second most on the team last year for the Sabers. And you know, I, I just think that you know maybe we're gonna look back on this and be like, that's that's the deal that Bottle stole from Montreal, only a third round pick for a twenty three old puck moving defenseman who could score thirty to thirty five points and give you hard play minutes and can play a top four role. He's only twenty three years old. Mm-hmm. I mean, if, if you take him out of that pressure and put him in a role that fits him better, and plus a guy who's motivated with a chip on the shoulder to prove that, that he is, you know, the type of player that everyone talks him up to be. This guy's also a former first-round pick, too. So I, I'm expecting big things from Bullyu, and the way he looks so far has me pretty excited. Yeah, definitely. But, I mean, like we said when the trade happened, it was, you know, low risk, high reward. So, so far, so good uh, on that front. I mean, even if it flames out, I mean, a third round is, is, is worth, worth this kind of risk every single time. Right. Um, so, and I don't, wouldn't expect him to, I, like you said, I think, I think he's going to be able to, to fit this second pairing role 
uh, better. Uh, he doesn't have to have the pressure of, you know, you got your Rissolani, you got your Scandella. Uh, you don't need Beaulieu to go out there and be the guy every night. Risto's already, well, unfortunately shown that he can play 30 minutes a night if he has to. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I really think that this is going to be a really good fit for him uh, and, and good things to come, especially in that power play. The, you know, number one power play in the league last year, adding him, I think is only going to help things, especially for that second unit. So I, I do have a question for you because of his number. Because I, I thought about it today, so I'm curious if you did. Mm-hmm. When I texted you and told you what the second power play unit, you know, I, I did it by numbers. Mm-hmm. Did you for a second go really Felinos in the second power play unit? Did you do that for at least a little bit of a second? This time I did not. Okay, I did. I, I did. did when I first saw it, I'm like, Felino? <laughs> I'm like, oh, wait, it's Bully you. <laughs> I did. I did the first time uh, playing NHL 18. Uh, when I went back to get the puck and 82 was back there, <laughs> I was like, what is he doing? <laughs> But uh, I, I think I, I think I got it now. So, <laughs> um, yeah, there, I mean, there's still a couple other ones. The the ten threw me off, the Josephson. But yeah, um, yeah, no. So, <laughs> luckily, luckily this time I knew I knew exactly who you were talking about. <laughs> good, good. Uh, so last guy I want to touch on here. I brought up a few times, and mm-hmm. I, I, I gotta say I'm impressed. You gotta give credit where credit's due, and that and that's Giergensen's. He's I just went up still a little iffy. So go ahead. Let, let, go ahead. Let, okay. let, let me let me make my case here. Uh, <laughs> he, I, I honestly, I think that he's been one of the better players throughout all all camp consistently. Uh, when he got his chance to play with Oposo and O'Reilly against Carolina, that was probably the best line. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was one of the best players on the ice. I think for the Sabers in that game, which is good to see. He was all over the ice. He was using, using the corners, using his body, he had scoring opportunities. So that's good to see there. Um, you know, a couple of things to remember. You know, he, he's still only 23 years old. He, he, he was supposed to go to college, and then Darcy McGarry, you know, wanted to rush those kids up here, so he's in the AHL. And then, so really, if he went to college, he might only have been coming out this year or last year. If you think about it, if he would have went to school. So that's something to remember. And then, well, uh, before I go to this one, I'll say the one thing is, I, I think he's a better fit in the system, too, mm-hmm. where he can just go play. His game is more of a speed style. This doesn't really have to think under Bilesma or – where am I supposed to be defensively? And then he kind of gets lost and he moves in slow motion because he has to think too much and that pursues his natural reactions. So that's, that's kind of important too. And then I had a conversation with someone in the press box on Monday. And one of the things they brought up to me is I didn't think about that. I think should be taken into somewhat consideration here. Is you got to remember these guys are human beings too. And mm-hmm. who was the guy that Iko fell over when he got hurt? Gergensen's. So I don't, know. I don't know about this one. Let me let me follow it through. So no, he said he, yeah. he said ahead. he went into he went into the room um, after the practice, and you know the reporters tried to talk to Gergensen's and he didn't want to talk to anybody. And you know a lot of people thought that maybe he kind of carried that burden. Maybe not the entire season, but for some part of the season he carried that burden, and you know maybe some of the people in that locker room might have. I don't know, basically kind of looked at him differently. Just, I don't know. Just, I'm oh, trying to think if I'm, if I'm a human be being. That'd be terrible. If I'm a human being and I, I'm trying to, like, put yourself in Jurgensen's spot. Mm-hmm. Again, it's a freak thing, but right. basically the franchise just it's got like hurt he went on out there you. And chopped Eichel in half or something. Yo, but still, he's you know, I mean, stick. I agree, but I'm saying, but still, I'm not, I'm not saying it's excuse for the entire season. I, I, I'm saying that. If, if it's, it's an excuse, it started, maybe, it started maybe for the month of November. That's about it, it started his season off poorly, I think. 
It started the whole it, season, it, the whole team season off poorly. Well, and that's what I mean, though. But you know, it, it's, that's because your best player is not on the ice, right? And but you're again, it's it's just the human element. I'm, I'm not giving him pass the entire season with that, not by any means. But I'd, I'm just I'd, saying that's something I'd maybe in the to, beginning of the year that I'd stick to could have started points. him on the wrong road. I don't like that one. I think my <clears throat> I don't mind him being on the top six. I think he he can play better than maybe I even think that uh, he will this year. Um, I just worry that. So if, if O'Reilly plays hurt a lot because um, he, he doesn't want to sit out a game, if, basically if, if he can stand on two legs, he's going to play. Right. And I just don't know if Gergensen's is going to be that guy that can pick up and not take over a game, but you know, pick O'Reilly up and, and be able to be that winger that you know, has a really good game uh, in the games that where maybe O'Reilly's playing 70%. Or if O'Reilly gets hurt and can't play a game, uh, I just don't know how Gergensen's is going to kind of – I'll say this. I think the fit for him in the system right now and on the line that he is with O'Reilly and Oposo will do him well. But I think if any of those uh, – any kind of factor of O'Reilly not at 100% or O'Reilly Oposo hurt happens, uh, I think his game could fall off pretty quick and pretty immensely. Um, yeah, I mean, I could agree with that because I, I think the fit is with his line mates. So if you lose one of them, maybe it's not that good of a fit. Right, but I, I so maybe I'm not wording this the best. I, I basically I just I think that O'Reilly's like the ultimate playmaker. Uh, he's really good at stealing the puck. He's really good in the corners. Uh, he's really good at getting it out out of spots that you don't necessarily ima- think that he's going to, and then finding that guy back door or something. Um, but if he if he's having an off game, when when I think of a top six, I think of any, anybody on those lines can have, you know, kind of a monster night, not necessarily take over a game, but, you know, be the one that is the reason why maybe that line has a really good game. And I just don't know if Gergens can, can do that. Uh, again, I don't know if I'm wording this the best, but. No, I mean, I, I kind of get what you're saying, I guess. And yeah, He's still I, young, and, and I'll give you that. So maybe, but, yeah. I, I mean, I'll, I'll go back to two. It's not, it's, you know. Yeah, it was two years ago, but this guy did score 16 goals in this league. So, and it was against NHL goaltenders. I mean, be it what you will, it was under Nolan and yeah. whatever in the system at that time. I, I get it, but he still scored 16 goals in this league. And once Bilesma came over, you know, he he kind of he I, he got shunned down. He got pushed down the list. He he really didn't know what his role was. I'll, I'll am I going to be a center? He... Am I going to be a winger? Am, am I my defensive guy? Should I go try to score goals? And he never got there. Where I think this season he has that clarity. All right. Jurgensen's, you are a top six Wait, forward on the wing on this team. Your job is to play top six minutes to go score goals and kill penalties. That is your job, and, and I think that's I think that that will help him immensely to focus on that mm-hmm. and to play a style where he won't have to think so defensively. He can just play that go, that go 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 style. That is kind of what Nolan did, but actually has some structure to it. You know what I mean? It's not like it's just okay, go play hockey and work hard and see what happens. Like. Yeah. There's some structure here, but still, it's that go, go, go style. I'll give you, I'll give you that. I definitely think it's going to benefit him. Uh, I also will give you that. I think if Bilesma's system hurt anybody the most, it would prob- my two guys would probably be Gergensen's and Bogosian. Um, so, yeah, I, I think there's definitely room for him to have a big year. I just don't know yet if I expect it. I mean <laughs> – I don't know how I expected either, but I, I'll say that, you know, even before training camp started, I, I thought, you know, 
we kind of talked about this before, before he was even on that line in training camp that I thought that might've been a good fit for him to give him at least an opportunity to see if he can handle in the preseason. And he's shown that he can, you know, he's, yeah, no, he's came in, he's came in good shape. He looks like he picked up a little bit of speed in the off season and he looks to be motivated and that, you know, that's good. Hey, I'll never, cause we've been crying for, for over, well on the podcast for over a year now, I'll never be mad at, you know, a coach or a GM trying to get somebody who's young, who still has, you know, that upside potential, trying to give right. him that look, trying to give him that opportunity to see, okay, here's your opportunity. If you don't, you know, if you can't do it here, then, you know, see ya, uh, pretty much, at least in this scenario. Uh, but again, you, you got to remember three months ago, we, we were talking about how, you know, the guy needed to change the scenery and Hey, maybe, the change of scenery is, you know, bringing a new coach in, in here and, and changing everything around. Right. Um, but I just, to go from basically this guy's gone to, Hey, maybe now he's going to be, you know, the new unsung guy that <laughs> no one really saw coming at least uh, before all these changes happened. Uh, it's definitely a big, a big 180. Um, so maybe I just tempered a little bit, at least from my perspective. Yeah, you know, if he doesn't produce this season, then I definitely think he shouldn't be in the roster next year. I'll say that. But I think this is his opportunity. If he can't, it's a pretty big one. I'd say that rekindle some of it. What he had he doesn't doesn't have to be a twenty goal score, but I don't know if he can get up around fifteen well, goals and thirty points. Then top top six, I'd like him to be. Well, yeah, I, I mean, think yeah, I think that's but, what I mean. I think that's what I maybe that's what I was terribly wording earlier. Yeah, but I mean, if, if, I, if I said this to you, if I say right here, right now, if I said, Bill, you're going to get 15 goals and 35 points out of Gergens this year, are you signing up for that? I'd like more out of my t- – I, I see that as a third line and guy. Don't, don't, don't even worry you – th- you, so then you think that's a third – Then like, don't even worry about what position he's playing. If I just said to you, Gergens is going to give you 15 goals and 35 points this yeah, year, the, the whole, the you consider whole, that a bounce back. The whole point is the position he's playing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Just, just I, I don't know if you're going to get, I mean, if, if you're going to get 25 goals from a Poso and you're going to get 25 more from O'Reilly, I mean, what, do, you, do you think you're going to get 70 goals from that line? If you are 20 from Gergesen, that, that's a lot to ask, isn't it? Yeah. But I mean, I'll, all right. So I'll just, I'll end it this way. I just, I really think that maybe not this year, but if you're going to be a perennial playoff slash Stanley cup contender, I think you can do better on your top six. Oh, absolutely. And maybe that's Nylander. Maybe that's Middlestad, you know I mean? Right. But I think for this year, I think – and then maybe maybe Gergensen's plays that top six role this year, and then next year Nylander steps in there, and then you can throw Gergensen on your third line with – I don't know, maybe he takes Pouliot's spot in that third line with Reinhardt and somebody else, and then you're like, man, look at that top, that top nine. I mean, look at Gergensen scored 15, 17 goals last year third line winger now with Bailey on the right wing and you know right here in the middle that's a pretty good third line yeah now <laughs> that's yeah that's where I would be now that's where I we're on the same pitch at least I mean that that scenario is kind of what what I would see more um he's serviceable for this year I don't know if I like the option long term um, no I, I'll agree with that is, is he the long-term solution at top lot or second line left wing no Unless he scored twenty five yeah. goals this year, then we have a different conversation. But I don't, I don't see that. Right. I'll, yeah. So I, I just, I don't think Bottrell is doing his job if he thinks this top six is like 
well, at least in Gergens' scenario, um, right. if he thinks that's what it's going to be, you know, long term, then I, I think he needs to, you know, get back on the phones and, and get back to work. <laughs> especially, well, I mean, especially if you're losing a guy like Kane. Yes, exactly. exactly. I just, I really think that you, the, the top six could be bolstered a little more uh, when you're. But I mean, this is kind of what's going to happen when you're when you're putting a guy like Reinhardt at third center. Sometimes you're going to need a, a younger guy to to fit in this role. So maybe it is, but I don't know. I, I definitely think that you sh- you should be able to do a little bit better uh, than Gergensen's on your top six. No offense to him, but I think, like you said, if if it plays out this year that he he plays well on the first line uh, and then slides into a third line role and then continues to give me those thirty five points a year, <laughs> I'm totally fine with that. Um, but I think I, I'm gonna I'm gonna end this season with him saying, "Yeah, Chad, you're right. He played well, but I still want more." Is where I think I'm going to end up. I, I can give you that again. If if you get, and the last thing we wrap it up here. If I can get 15 goals, 35 points this year, I'll take it. And then next year I slide on my third line, and I need somebody else to go in that top six role because the next year I'm going. Like right. next year is you know I got to be a playoff team next year. If I'm not, even if I'm I am this year, make the playoffs this year, then good. Next year is a building year. But if I don't make it this year, I got to be a playoff team next year. You know that that's just how it is, and I got to improve my roster that way. So we covered all of our topics I have in the list today. Is there anything else that you want to touch on before we check out here for this week? Um, no, I don't think so. I think I want to save a lot uh, in the bulk of it for next week. I agree. Because I think, uh, I mean, we're, we're in the thick of preseason right now. It's exciting. Hockey's back. But uh, I think I'm going to be, you know, really revved up and re- raring to go uh, when we sign on next week to talk the home opener, the season. <laughs> We're right there. I'm th- now I'm getting you know fired up thinking about it. I think <laughs> I think this week was kind of just a, you know, put on the hard hat, go to work, yep. talk about the the topics for this week and and how preseason's going. But uh, I think next week is when the show really starts. I'm with you. So I'll do a little spiel here. So make sure you're following us on Twitter at BTB Hockey. Continue to interact with us on Twitter, on Facebook. Uh, subscribe, rate, and share on iTunes, Spreaker, Stitcher. Tune in. Google Play, the Hockey Writers Podcast channel, and the Grandstand Sports Network, the best view in sports. And also a little update, uh, we're no longer on SoundCloud. So any of our SoundCloud listeners, um, switch over to Spreaker or switch over to any other place I mentioned, Stitcher, TuneIn, uh, Google Play, iTunes. Uh, You can hear us there since we're no longer on SoundCloud with the rumors of SoundCloud folding up shop here in the near future. So we made the move there so we didn't lose our stuff. Uh, so like Bill said, next week is regular season hockey. So get ready, get excited, get pumped, uh, wrap Jack Eichel in some bubble wrap after tomorrow's game and just put him away until October 5th (laughs) and then we'll see him again then. And, uh, I'm ready, you know, and we'll be back next week and, you know, it's the season opener. It's Montreal. Um, they'll probably have Nick on like we did last year. Uh, talk a little bit of Montreal, get prepared for the opener, but then it is our season outlook. We'll have a little fun. We'll make some predictions. And then we'll look back out on the end of the season and look like what kind of fools we are, like me saying Gary Gensel will score 15, 20 goals this year, stuff <laughs> like that. So we'll look forward to that kind of thing. Uh, as I'm talking about it, Bill, like you said, I'm, I'm getting pretty excited here. Yeah, I'm, I'm ready to go. I got, you know, we had our, our big draft the other day. I got the other big one tomorrow. Uh, and then it's basically just <laughs> waiting for Christmas to come <laughs> next week. <laughs> Uh, so I, I can't wait. I'm, I'm fired up and ready to go. 
So for Bill and Chad, we are out of here this week. We will talk to you next week and get ready for the regular season. Thank you much for listening. Talk to you later. See you. See you.